Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 402. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my standing co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Fenack. How's it going today, bud? It's going super good. Yeah, good. It's, good. it's Spring is around the corner. The weather's slowly starting to warm up. I'm, I'm ready to get out of this cold stretch. <laughs> yes, and to anyone who's not in the Victoria area, we're, we're really quite wimpy because we really haven't had much cold, but um, we don't <laughs> even get freezing very often, maybe at night. You, you know, my, my nine degrees Celsius, you know, it's cold for me and that's yeah. all I care about, you know, <laughs> may yes. not be minus 30, like some people or whatever that is in Fahrenheit, but <laughs> it's, I don't care. I want it warmer. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a ton. It's been a while since we've been able to do a new show. We've had some great guests on and I uh, really appreciate them coming on board. Now uh, we've got some uh, more coming, some really good ones. So. I won't give it away, but uh, over the next couple months, uh, some of them are booking quite far ahead, um, even into uh, April, but uh, they're coming. Anyways, uh, let's jump into some news. So Google promises it won't just keep tracking you after replacing cookies. So for those who don't know, I haven't been keeping an eye on all this. It's pretty big. I know John mentioned it. Uh, John Carcutt mentioned it uh, and actually asked John Mueller about it. John didn't, Mueller didn't know anything about it, which is a bit shocking, but um I know he's got a lot on his plate, so I'm sure you can only imagine how much he needs to know and can only know so much. But anyways, Chrome, Google Chrome is going to be um, removing the ability to save cookies. Uh, that is going to be a pretty, it's a post-cookie world, as John Carcutt likes to call it. Um, it. What this means is pretty big for advertisers. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a huge loss in terms of 
the ability to target and track people from site to site. That's the main thing. You can only have first party cookies. So only third parties are going to be removed. First parties still work, but it won't track after you leave that person's site. Uh, but Google for their ad purposes is going to use cohorts. Um, so essentially yeah, they're going to group you with other people with similar interests uh, as kind of a this generic um, anonymous block of people with these particular interests that do these certain things. And that's what you're going to be able to advertise to. Uh, obviously they're not going to shoot themselves completely in the foot and take away their bottom line, but it's, uh, it's going to be a big change for many, many, many uh, companies. Um, I don't even know how much it's going to affect us uh, other than the obvious stuff, but uh, I got a feeling it's going to be a bit, bit bigger than we think. Uh, what's the next bit here, Scott? Yeah, so on Monday, SEM Rush announced that they are going public and will soon be found on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol SEMR, uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, I, I think about these tools. We use SEM Rush all the time, and you never really think of how big some of them are because you know some of the tools we use are relatively small in comparison. Um, but I had no idea. They they said that in 2019, revenue for SEM Rush was around 92 million. In 2020, it was 125 million, um, and those are both, you know, reporting almost 10 million dollar losses each of those years. And for me, SCM Rush, I never would have guessed revenue would be yeah. what is that nine nine figures? Yeah, I never. Pretty impressive. I never thought they were that big. So I mean, I knew they had to be getting significantly large, quite large, because they have so many staff, and they do. I mean, they really throw the the red carpet out for for people if they come to visit and they've they've got the money but this is impressive for sure stock exchange is no mean feat yeah so Um, i'm curious one thing i didn't see was the actual date uh for this ipo um just that it's coming um i checked a couple articles search engine journal reported on it uh search engine land did uh, i'm sure others as well um so i'm not sure when you'll actually be able to go and pick up some of their stock, but uh, I'm imagining fairly soon. I'm not sure how long these things take. I have no idea. Yeah, I do know that it's, when I've, I've talked to people about this sort of thing, who've been through it, it's quite a roller coaster ride. So I imagine it's pretty difficult to specify a date. Uh, so yeah, who knows? But, you know, and, and just so anyone, everyone knows, I'm a big, uh, now, just so you know, they've rebranded as SEMrush. Really? <laughs> yep. Yep. Semrush. I had nope. no idea. Yeah, I know. I I I keep up on uh, up on such useless things. But, I'm not changing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're nope. we're old. SEM Rush forever. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Semrush, uh, great program. Love using it. Uh, just a just an advisory for anyone who uses it who upgrades temporarily. Don't or be careful about it. Uh, I did upgrade to a larger package to get some more data for one month for a particular client, um, for a couple of clients that actually Scott was working with, and we were excited to get that data, but we really didn't need it after that. So we wanted to downgrade to back to our old one. Um, I had a grandfather grade, a phenomenal grandfather grade. Uh, well, not only could do they not have the ability to downgrade, uh, which perturbed me to put it mildly, uh, but when we downgraded, we lost our grandfather great uh, because they no longer offer that package. Uh, it was a bit difficult. I would say a customer service issue. They did their best to deal with, uh, work with us. They were really quite kind about it. Um, I, I really 
I just sort of fell into a, a bit of a an oops there. Uh, but just be aware that that can happen. Um, I don't understand why they can't downgrade. That's one part I still won't agree with. It, it's kind of ridiculous because like in hindsight, we could have created a whole brand new account at that higher level tier, yep. used it for a month and canceled. And we'd still have our grandfather to rate on our regular account. That's right. Um, so now maybe do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely what I would have recommended. Um, I had to actually create a new account, re-purchase um, or reset my plan, and then buy my my secondary user again as well. Fortunately, they kept all the data. That was one thing I would have lost my mind over, but they did. All the audit data was still there, so that was good. Anyway, it just seems a bit glitchy to me. Uh, hopefully, that's something they can address soon. All right, let's jump into some SEO news. Um, actually, this first one, Scott, we're just going to skip over just because it was more of a testing point I could get some of this other data for. So um, it was uh, just so people know what we're talking about. I was using, we have notes here we go by, and it was a article that was kind of a roundup by Goodleberry Schwartz. And uh, I got some good tips for the coming articles here. So first, let's go with this. Google may suspend e-commerce sites that change prices on checkout pages. So what this is all about is um, essentially what is, I guess, Google, some businesses were providing the, a, a merchant feed to Google with prices that didn't match what people found in the checkouts. And obviously that pissed a lot of people off. Uh, so if Google can determine that the checkout price is higher than what their feed was showing, um, you can actually get uh, suspended. So if you have any e-commerce issues, if this is accidental, this could be a big oops. Be very careful about that. Uh, I do think anyone who's doing this on purpose deserves to get slapped badly. So I have no pity for them. But if it is a mistake, that would be a pretty sad issue. Have you ever seen that, Scott? I've never seen it, thankfully. I, I've never seen any discrepancy on pricing like that before. Um, okay. We're probably I, in the, being I, in Canada, we don't use the shopping feed like they do in the States. Um, no, I don't use it much. Aren't here. Um, I guess, I guess I suppose I use it a little bit from time to time, just doing a search for whatever, you know, and you click on the search result and mm-hmm. you get bumped usually over to Amazon. It's almost always Amazon, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am embarrassed how much I use that. But it is good. It works. It's quick. All right. Something we've been talking about forever is Google Passage ranking. Um, it, so Google Passages, essentially what this is, is if there's a, a uh, let's say you have a very long page of content and it covers various points. Well, if there's one paragraph that does a really good job or one section of a paragraph that does a really good job of explaining uh, or matching a, a, a search in Google, Google may use that passage instead of the whole, like they will actually copy and paste elements of that package in the ranking. Um, And you'll see it as a snippet in a sense. Um, Now, why this is a good idea potentially is that you can have multiple passages ranking on the same page. This is particularly good news for people who have uh, really long uh, informational articles, just an exceptional way for them to get multiple rankings for that page. It's not something you can leverage yet. 
there's no, this is all, if anyone's, I know there's a lot of people testing it most certainly in the industry, but at this point, it's something you can largely ignore. Just know it, it is a different type of search result now. And, uh, until there's anything that's being proven in terms of how to increase your odds of appearing in there, um, I would just uh, keep note that it's there and we'll update you when we hear some more. I think the gist of it comes back to, and this, this applies to a lot of things in SEO, is just have well-written quality, informative content. If your content is good and, and organized, organized content, um, I think that's like going to be the key for the most part. Um, it yeah. is interesting, though, with passages, uh, if I didn't know it had gone live, I think it went live uh, mid-February, like the 10th, I believe, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah if, if I didn't know it went live, I wouldn't have had any idea. I haven't seen any indication whatsoever uh, that, you, you know, in real-world results where it's happened. Mm. Um, and it's actually interesting, and there was an article, SEO Roundtable, I think is where it was, and somebody had left a comment in there saying that... Uh, I don't understand any of this stuff. I don't, I, I don't, can't comprehend what this means. So I think it'll be another thing that I ignore. And Barry Schwartz replied, yes, you can ignore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then another person commented saying that uh, their rankings plummeted and they're nowhere in the top 200. Yeah. I don't as a think result. that had anything I, result. I, I don't think there's any relevance there at all. It's the only thing I've seen about, like, it doesn't really doesn't affect that. Connected. No. But so probably someone fishing for advice. It very well might be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next, okay. Have you ever heard of the Brave browser? No, I, I did actually because I was reading it in your show notes about ten minutes ago. Yeah, so that's, that's it for me too. I mean, yeah. I had never heard of it, mind you. We're kind of tunnel vision here, Google, Chrome. You know, we don't have time to test browsers and stuff. But anyone who's a fan of DuckDuckGo, um, any of those pr privacy centric search engines, um, maybe even Tor. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I won't explain. Um, but uh, what this is coming down to is there is a browser that you can download and use called Brave Browser. Brave as it sounds, B-R-A-V-E. And it is uh, privacy-centric, 100%. Uh, you, nothing's gathered, nothing's saved. It's, it's apparently very, very... Uh, it's the ultimate. Even apparently, it's more private than Tor, which is uh, the, the tunneling system that you can use to get into the dark web and stuff, which I, I thought was as tight as it got. In any case, um, uh, Brave has, the reason they're in the news right now is that they have purchased uh, a search engine that was attempting to be the next Google or at least a, a competitor. Uh, it was, it, it hadn't actually gone to, uh, public, the public use at this point, I don't believe. Uh, the the uh, what's the word for it? The code name for it was Tailcat. Uh, and since they purchased it, it's going to be built into Brave. They figure uh, by spring at the earliest, and it will have apparently very decent search results. We'll see. Uh, I, for one, I'm actually for many, I'm sure would love to see another Google competitor out there, especially one that has uh, the kind of privacy we all dream of. Uh, with that will come some caveats. So lots of things we benefit from by sharing our information, but I think it's intriguing. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. I might even try Brave Browser, but. You know, maybe I'll install it this afternoon and give it a go. Yeah. I, I'm curious because I know they're like super 
uh, privacy centric, how that will work in terms of regular data collection, if any, for say Google Analytics. So if someone's visiting your site using Brave, are you ever gonna know about it? Um, or will that be stripped? Will that Google Analytics code be all stripped right out from the, will the browser strip it out or what? I don't know. Yeah, you gotta wonder what our future looks like when it comes to marketing. I mean, really, <laughs> there's not gonna be yeah. a lot we can work with if this keeps up. Well, it's kind of funny because it's kind of backwards, you know, like I remember talking to my wife one time about uh, bunk beds or something, like just talking about it, not even searching it. And next thing I know, I've got remarketing campaigns for bunk beds. And you're like, okay, who's listening to me? You know, is this a coincidence? <laughs> and, th and that's in the exact opposite direction of this. It's like we're being pulled in two totally different ways. And I guess it'll meet in the middle with exactly how it is now. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I've, I've been kind of free-spirited about my privacy, you know, just figuring whatever I want to see, what we can get out of all this. And um, we're marketers, right? I just, I'm interested in giving away a little privacy for more functionality. Uh, with this new future that seems to be being pushed upon us uh, in, in a good way, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to, what we're going to find and how much we're going to like it, but at least it will curtail some of the uh, monopolies out there, perhaps. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> um, okay, let's take a quick break. And we come back, we're going to jump into the page experience update. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. And my company, company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. Okay, so... Google's page experience update won't be a massive change to start. 
This is no surprise if you listen to the podcast. We I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about the page experience update, but the fact is that Google wouldn't launch an update like this and say, if you if your site doesn't get a top mark, we're not going to rank you. <laughs> Their search engine will fall apart. There's just going to be way too many websites that don't meet the grade. But you can't go all in like that. No, you can't. And we know that from looking at the mobile, the Google mobile update or what uh, Danny Sullivan and the crew back at Search Engine Lens had called uh, mobile Geddon back in the day when it was going to be mobile first. Um, it's still, yes, it's certainly taken hold now, but that took a couple of years, a few years. Uh, so don't freak out. You know, when this launches, it is not going to have a huge impact at all on rankings. In fact, I'd say it'd be infinitesimal. Anyone who's horrendously uh, offending the algorithm, <laughs> maybe you're a zero, uh, may notice some impact. Uh, but that's, I'd be surprised if you're getting much traffic at all anyway. Uh, so just keep that in mind. And just note when you're doing a new website uh, that whoever designs always designs mobile first, desktop second. And that's what we do at Stepforth and ensure that, you know, they're looking at core web vitals, which is the, the key point of the Google page experience update. Uh, and just do your best to design in a way that is going to get you a good score for that. And you can test for that. Uh, just type in core web vitals and you'll find some, some testing tools. Uh, don't pass out when you see how your current site is rated. It's generally not pretty. There, there was an interesting article I read, I don't know when, maybe it was last week, and I think it was Roger Monty who wrote it. I think you had him on the show a few weeks back, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. yep. and his perspective from it was, is it even fair for Google to have this update? Because really what they're targeting are, it's the fundamental code behind the CM, this content management systems. You know, it's not the way the site is built, it's way the, archi the way the architecture behind the system is built. And mm. so they're punishing the user for a problem that's actually, you know, a, a core WordPress issue or a core uh, uh, whatever, Shopify or Joomla or whatever you're using issue that most designers can't even fix anyways. It has to be fixed at its root. And so I, thinking about that really got me wondering, you know, I, I don't think it's really going to do a lot. It's not going to shake up search results that much, maybe a little bit. And over time, like they say, it'll grow as WordPress and, and the systems uh, redevelop how they work and redevelop their code to prevent problems. So yeah, hopefully see, that's the funny thing and cue the uh, soundtrack stuck in the middle with you. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, uh, we're, we're kind of poached here because WordPress is also saying it's up to you guys. You know, we don't care about this. Our system works fine. Uh, <laughs> and that's just it. The systems do work fine. They um, and they, But Google wants it to be fine in a different way. It's, they want to fix what's not broken. And that's really... And they invented it. Yeah. This is like Core Web Vitals is their things, but they're, they're a monopoly. Uh, so we have no choice. Uh, and in, in some ways, yes, it will improve the internet, especially the... Uh, um, what's the... Uh, dragon... Ah, what's the one where it, the page moves? Oh, uh, commu cumulative layout shift. Cumulative layout Cumula shift. I you. say it wrong every time. <laughs> yes, that one I particularly DLS. love. I'm all for that. I, I, I hate that. There are a lot of sites that it's so bad. I know I've complained about CNN in particular because theirs is the worst 
for mm -hmm. CLS issues. But yeah, there are tons. And it's really bad on, on mobile, which is, I guess this is what they're focusing on anyways. You know, you're on your phone, you're reading, and then now you're like five, the three quarters of the way down the page and you can't find where you were. And then you finally find it again and then it gets bumped again. And you or don't worse, know if you went up or down or. Or worse, you, you, you're about to click a link and then you click an ad because the ad shows up in front of you because it moved down. <laughs> well, well, that only happens about once an hour though. It's not yeah, that often. Oh, I hate that. Like, no, just out of principle, I'm not buying from you ever again. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So just, you know, target those guys, focus on those ones and everybody yeah. will be happier. Yeah. The other stuff, whatever. But, um, just mobile experience, mobile's page speed, all that stuff. It, we're all working on that still. Never mind Core Web Vitals, but this has replaced that. Uh, and uh, you know, we can't help but but focus on it. Uh, in a transparent fashion, I'll say we, you know, we do web design now. Um, over the years, we've sort of built into it as our clients have sort of begged us to to do that as well. They don't really want to go elsewhere, which is flattering, but also a bit scary. It's always a lot of work to jump into a new service uh, since we are kind of, well, we built our name over the last 24 years on SEO, but uh, well, kind of awesome actually having a website built by an SEO because you know it's going to be built to work in rankings and that's our thing. At any rate, one of the things we've been researching is what is going to be the best platform with WordPress or so let's say uh, infrastructure within WordPress that will be uh, compatible with the core web vitals. And we're looking at everything from the oxygen theme builder to uh, Astra with Gutenberg. Anyone who's in the design field will know what I'm talking about. Uh, just looking at ab absolutely any way possible we can design really, really well, but with light code, uh, and it is not easy. None of these are perfect. There's going to be a lot of headaches. So we're, we're not going to jump into it yet. We're going to stick with Divi, which is definitely bloated, um, but we can make it faster. And uh, over time, we're going to jump into Oxygen or, or one of these other options, hopefully Gutenberg, which is the native design system within WordPress, but it isn't complete. Uh, they, they haven't rolled out all the major options that you need to truly design a great site. Anyways, uh, it's... It's giving you give our listeners a peek into what we look into on a regular basis as design companies and um, SEOs. There's a lot to it, and everything's changing on a regular basis. All right, the local SEO news. This is interesting. I, I, the local search form, as anyone listens on a regular basis knows, I love to talk about some of the threads that are in there. It's always intriguing from a, a local SEO perspective. Uh, someone asked the Google My Business opening date, what date should you use? Now, when you have a Google My Business listing, this is the listing you have if you have a local business, you've claimed it, you're asked to fill out all the information such as photography, um, your hours, what kind of uh, payments options you have, you know, there's a ton of stuff that you can put in there, obviously address all that stuff. Well, one of the questions they ask is, you know, uh, when did you open? What's your opening date? And it, it was interesting that some people had run into some issues with this because Google's help area is a little confusing on this subject. It states that, you know, in general, it's, you know, if it's whenever you opened your business. But if you switch locations, you should use the location, the time that you opened that location. So people have done that, but they got upset when they, they saw that their 40-year-old business said it was three years old. 
<laughs> within search results. That's an issue. It is an issue. Uh, so what it came right down to is, well, obviously I would switch it back, but <laughs> the uh, really only if you're opening a franchise location, let's say McDonald's was used as an example, uh, maybe it's switched locations. Well, in that case, you would put in the opening date because everyone knows McDonald's has been around a while. This is the opening date of that location. If it's a business, uh, stick with how long you've been around. So your actual opening date of the company. Next up, Google My Business has offered, has finally integrated support for desktop. Um, this is the messaging support. So if you want to in integrate, uh, if you want people to be able to ask you questions through your Google My Business listing, talk with you, whatever, uh, up till now you've had to use your mobile phone and it was a bit annoying. Uh, it's the only option you had. And I, I can only imagine how annoying that would be. It's not the easiest thing to carry on a conversation with text that way. At least I'm not uh, of that generation so much. I prefer to do it on a keyboard. Uh, and now they finally have that interface set up so that while you're working away, you can be annoyed and uh, jump into a conversation. <laughs> oh, well, I guess it had to happen. Uh, at any rate, it's, it is definitely an improvement. And now let's jump into some Mueller files. Hmm. So Google recommends pyramid navigation structures for larger sites. This is from Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, John Mueller was asked about the different site structures. Um, it was actually based on a person's question, but I'll just skim it here. Uh, someone had been trying to get all their pages indexed by making it a very flat file structure. That means that most pages could be accessed by one click or maybe two, but their main navigation was fluid. It wasn't always the same links and, he, and it would change perhaps every time he loaded, which was just too much, he figured, for Google to really make sense of the site. He recommended more of a pyramid structure where you have uh, the most important content at the top and works your way down. Now, this works out really well with a, our, our next piece here on this same subject. Uh, but the point is, when you're a business owner, you don't necessarily want those lowest pages not to be indexed. However, Google will focus on what's most important. So whatever is generally the found the quickest, uh, only within a few clicks of their entry point on the website, those are the ones that are going to be uh, crawled and likely indexed. Uh, everything will probably get, well, will get crawled at some point. Uh, I'd say, unless it's an absolutely disgustingly large site or has way too many levels of depth, I guess some more advanced SEO, uh, you're going to be crawled. However, index is another thing altogether. Google's got to determine whether or not you you're worthy of showing in their search results. And if there's a lot of content that they just think is low quality, it won't show that way. When you look in Google Search Console, it'll say, uh, crawled, but chosen not to index, or I forget how they put it, but there's an actual listing you can look at in the indexing. Uh, so what, what's this, this, anyway, so that's the pyramid navigation structure. That's what uh, John Mueller recommended. Uh, the next bit here, Google, is he suggested focusing less on individual pages and more on category pages. This is something we run into a lot, isn't it, uh, Scott? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so 
his recommendation here was based on a very specific website. It wasn't a generalization across everybody. Uh, but in this case, it was a it was a website that had top level category pages and then sub pages beneath that. And I'm not sure if those sub pages were like an e-commerce type setup or or what was going on there. But in this case, those sub pages had very little content on them, as did the category pages. So his recommendation was to, John Mueller's recommendation was to beef up those top level category pages with content um, rather than focusing on the thinner content in the lower level stuff. And, you, you know, I, I realize he was recommending this to a specific site, but it really is a good rule of thumb. I mean, I see this all the time uh, when I do website audits and even with some existing clients where their category pages have little to no content on them. Um, and I've got one client who I've been bugging for literally years and they just don't want to put content on those category pages. And I really wish they would do it. And then we have another client, I almost want to say names, but I'm not going to say names, who did add category content, category page content, and his rankings went up. It, it made an obvious difference right off the bat. Um, so, and in his case, the product level pages also had lots of content. So it just, it was a growth of content. It wasn't in lieu of, uh, avoiding thin pages or anything like that. So have your category pages beefy with relevant content suitable for that category. It just makes common sense. Um, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, and this rhymed well with, if anyone listened to the John Mueller episode we did in our episode 400, just a couple of, or an episode ago, uh, it was, I actually asked about an instance we have with a particular client, and uh, a great client of ours. And it was, yeah. It, it, it's essentially the same issue. In this case, he had many levels of depth uh, and too many. And there's no question we were helping him with that. We needed to improve that. But we wanted to improve the overall index uh, indexation of his site. There were too many pages that Google chose not to index. It said, yeah, we crawled these, but no, we're not indexing them. And we discovered that it was because it's 350 levels deep. That'll do it. <laughs> That's so, the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, that is one serious bottom. So we've done some changes to the site to improve that. Uh, one of them was putting in the, uh, uh, the same concept of Google. Uh, when you look at search results in the footer, you'll see, or at the footer of search results, you'll see that, you know, page one, page two, page three, page four, page five, and so on. You can click to them and go direct to them. That allows essentially see it's not Google because it's Google's search result, but in, in a case on a website, it allows Google to jump to specific sections of the site while it's indexing and dramatically increase the, um, or decrease the number of pages it requires to, or click depth essentially for them to index it or, or crawl it. So um, the other thing too, is to increase how many are on each page. There's a lot to this, uh, and it's been an interesting little experience. We sometimes just, well, we always try and have fun, but this was a, a really good little puzzle, and it's it's certainly worked in terms of uh, decreasing how many uh, pages pages deep his content is. Now, uh, Scott, I know you got to go pick up the old fam, so I'm going to let you do that, and I'm going to continue on with some questions here. So thanks for joining us. You bet. Should I say um, thanks for listening and uh, all that <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, go. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Now, keep listening because it's not over. No, it's not over. All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, bye. Okay, so uh, we have some questions here, but before we jump into them, we're going to take a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, who just stepped off the show for the moment. So uh, I've got some questions here. One of them is from Vinayak. I'll call him VJ because I'm not even going to try and pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. That's better I say I'm sorry now because it would be worse if I did. Okay. Uh, this is... I'm going to try and skim this here, but it's, his question is related to page load time and its effect on SEO. Essentially, they have implemented a splash screen before the site opens. It's an animation of 1.5 to 2 seconds. Uh, this is a concern to him. He wants to ensure that this doesn't cause any problems. Well, his core question here is, does Google consider the perceived load time or the actual loading time of the website? For example, from a user's perspective, it's not like the screen is blank it's showing useful graphical animation. So will Google mark this negatively? If the page load time doesn't make a difference to SEO, then all is well. Okay, so my take on this is mostly about user experience and conversions. I wouldn't worry too much about Google in this case, unless, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things I would test. Yeah, I, I'm already thinking different ways of arguing this, but when it comes down to it, testing is always the best way to go. If you've noticed that your site is, you know, you're getting better conversions because of this animation, stick with it. Um, if it's not, then don't. Um, it's going to require quite a bit of traffic. You may have to pay for some if it's a new site. Depends just how much you have because you need a, a fairly good, a fairly sizable section of traffic to really know what's working. Uh, but you know, if I was, if you were a client that said, I need to have this, essentially it's an interstitial in way, the splash page, then I would say, okay, let's see how it works. Worst case scenario, we can add some text somewhere. I know that's fairly SOE. That's really hardcore, old school SEO. I'm not a big fan of that, but if it is going to help the page make sense to Google, then we might have to do that. Uh, honestly, Google is getting pretty darn good at this stuff. I'm not sure it's going to be a big concern. Uh, I would just test, 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 and let me know how it goes. Uh, we're, we're very interested in, in learning about this stuff too. Um, 
anyway, I, I hope this helps. I wish I knew exactly whether or not Google, how, how they perceive this, but I think of it as, I try to think of it from the AI perspective. Do they really understand what this is? Probably not yet. Um, so you might have to make it really obvious by putting in some text or removing it. Question from Peter Knight. Hey, Peter. Uh, just seen this article on Search Engine Journal. It appears to imply that Google doesn't really care how many 404 pages your site has and whether whatever you do, including the making 410s, it will still come and crawl them. Now, we've removed some old content from our site. And in some cases, there's been no obvious place to redirect it using a 301. So we removed the content and made, made the page respond with a 410, thinking it was the right thing to do. Now, it appears just I just wasted my time and should have just deleted them. So are 410s history then and no point using them? So for listeners who don't know, 410 just means gone. <laughs> they're gone. They're, those pages are gone. They're, they're not coming back. This is not an error. This is just, they're gone. Uh, very, you couldn't get clear. So Peter, I think what you did was perfectly fine and, and, and obviously the purest way to go. They're not going to be there anymore. 410 it. Uh, but was it a waste of time? <sighs> You'll only know for sure. You would you would have only known for sure if you tested either way. Honestly, I wouldn't bother doing it. Um, I think that a four hundred four is perfectly fine. Uh, if, like they said in the example there, it's like a classified site that's constantly churning and it's going to have lots of four hundred fours. It's just a natural thing Google will understand. Um, now that said, Scott had a good point when we were discussing this. He said, "Well, what if?" that content has links. Do you really want a 401 or 410? Um, maybe you want to put a 301. Uh, like you said, you don't know whether there's a really good fit and, you know, use your, your best judgment there. But if you can perhaps 301 it to the upper category, that's probably the best solution. Uh, just one step up so people can find the next best thing. Uh, that way, you know, you're, you're going to keep that link value. All right, time for a sip of water. And I want to say that, uh, well, thank you for being with us today. Um, now, I want you to all remember that we have a show notes newsletter. You can sign up for it at seo101radio.com. And that uh, I'd love for you all to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me through linkedin.com slash in slash website marketer. Yeah, instead of my name, it's website marketer. Or just type in Ross Dunn and you'll find me pretty quickly uh, or Ross Dunn SEO within Google. Uh, it'd be great to connect with you and just uh, find out a little more about all of you who are listening. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. Have a great week and remember to tune in to future episodes which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every week on webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.